Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to Going Off Track. My name's Jonah. I'm Steven. Brad. And how are you? Hey, we're good. What if they could answer? I know. That would be weird. Let's that, that wouldn't be weird. There'd be a phone call. Let's just like let's be quiet for a second, let them answer. <laughs> That's like every children's show I watch <laughs> every day of my life. It's kind of patronizing. <laughs> well now I feel like now my kids are starting to answer and I don't know how to feel about it. I know. I remember when my when Barrett was too young and like she wouldn't answer and I was wondering, is she ever gonna answer or is she too smart? <laughs> and then she started answering and I kind of felt a little bit of satisfaction because I think they say that T V is is not harmful to kids if they interact and and or you interact with them while they're watching it. Do you know what I mean? Yes. Like if they just turn into the zombie, then it's detrimental. It doesn't do any good. But if there's interaction, even on a show that's not necessarily educational, that it can be stimulating to their neural cortex. It also is a good way to teach that animals are harmless and won't ever hurt you. Don't listen to that mouse or tiger. They will kill you in real life. <laughs> also, it seems like a good way to save money on babysitters, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> Kids of the 70s, am I right? Absolutely. I, I feel like I would be the worst parent. I mean, yeah, but like, I remember when Steven, I think it was you, told me, you're like, you can't leave your kid alone ever. I was like, but you can go like shower and like run out, do errands and stuff. And you're like, no, you have to watch them all the time. I was like, what? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, they tend to, they tend to die. <laughs> well, Brad was the one that said right before we had ours, you went, yeah, we keep. Trying to leave them alone, hoping they figure it out, but they just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It takes years and years and years. Well, your kids are all still alive, so nice work. We're doing well. Doing uh, speaking of doing well, uh, today's guest on the podcast, uh, Barry and Matt from Joyce Manor. Joyce Manor blowing up, and rightfully so, because yeah. they're awesome. So their new record, Never Hung Over Again, just came out, and it is so good. It's so good. They're so good. And it's nice that when you talk to someone and like their music a lot and oh, they're cool too. That's nice. That's good. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't know that much about them. And I have a really good friend who took the photo for their art and has been talking about them for years and uh, saw them play at Rough Trade, their Cedar release They were here show. for a day. They flew in for they're a here day, for one and day. Did our podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Which was very cool of them. And their show was super funny. So suck it in Emmy. <laughs> and, Rolling Stone. Uh, I think they're touring again. They said in September. I think they'll do like a full, a full run. Um, but you, everyone should check out the record. It's I guess it's like a punk record, sort of. But 
It's it's really interesting. They have their own sound and style, which is I find rare and nice. Yeah, they're one of those few bands that I go sounds like uh, it's punk, but sounds like them. I don't yeah, know if that makes sense. I feel like yeah, this is something we talked about with them, which is probably more interesting than us talking about it by ourselves. Yeah, we should let it go. So maybe we should just just uh, listen to Barry and Matt from Joyce Manor uh, talk about how awesome they are. Um, should we do this? Yeah, I think we have to. Okay. Welcome to Going Off Track. How's it going? I'm Jonah. Steven is here. And today we're joined by Barry and Matt from Joyce Manor. Hello. Hello. Gentlemen, before we begin, I have to tell you how I heard of Joyce Manor. Go on. It was the gentleman sitting directly in front of me that people can't see because they're listening to this. Mr. Jonah Bayer said, <laughs> dude, you have to check out this fucking band. And the band Jawbreakers was used as a, as a reference point, which is always key for me. Yeah. Whenever Jawbreaker comes out, I'm like, okay, I'm in, I'm sold. And uh, I have to be honest, just I don't hear Jawbreaker in a very positive way because I like you guys. You have your own sound, and I dig it yeah, quite I'm, a bit. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Jawbreaker, too, but I, I don't really hear it either. Nope. Maybe in the guitars. The guitars are dissonant, but kind of melodic. Is that something but, people say? Did I say that? The, you said that, yeah. Oh, I think, really? I don't remember like saying almost that. Almost every, like, especially after the first record, like the punk news community were like, like they're, you know, they're they're just... Today's like the this generation's jawbreaker. It's like I don't know. That's like that's very flattering to say, but it also I don't think it's really true. Yeah, I don't think it, I think it's an apt comparison in the fact that you're both good. You know what I mean? Thanks. Like it's it's great, and I really enjoy it. I've heard other bands say the same thing though. Like what that that they get compared to jawbreaker. Like Lawrence Arms get it a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't really think Lawrence Arms sound like jawbreaker. Yeah, they just get it because there's three of them, and they don't sound like them at all. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's when you if you're you know. A, a, big fan of Jawbreaker, and i mean that's my favorite band is that you you look for that because they don't make new music anymore yeah and so when you find anything that even subtly hints at something that you like you're going to pull that comparison and not that they sound like it but because that's the standard you're holding them yeah. up yeah you know does that make sense definitely so you guys flew out here to play the show last night and then you're flying right back yeah what's that like it's intense <laughs> it is intense yeah we've been here for a few days though okay we've been kind of Taking our time and hanging out. Uh, so you guys had this thing last night uh, where you broke a couple strings. Oh, God. And this was like, while this is happening, this is like my nightmare. It was such a nightmare. And I thought you guys handled it so well. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> it didn't feel like it. <laughs> didn't feel like it. <laughs> I, I feel like I, if we had a guitar ready, that would have been handling it I well. also feel like it took... It probably felt so much longer to you than it did okay, for anyone cool. else. That's what I was hoping. That's that's because I mean. So Jonas they, said it clocked in about fifteen minutes. Is that true? I think it might have. <laughs> I did not say that. Was it something like that? I don't know. It's probably like ten minutes or something. It was a, it was a but solid they people actual up to tell jokes. IRL ten minutes. Um, but that's the thing. Like me and my friend, uh, there was my friend Ren, and she was like, "Well, normally you have another band on tour, so you can just borrow a guitar from or something." Yeah, just you guys. We just just us. No openers. No. Opener. No gear. We were kind of the opener. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the headliner. And the headliner was Common, because he was, like, signing records after. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but, I mean, has that has that happened before? I mean, That what? was the first show we've ever played that was, we were the only band, and, yes, I broke strings a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm not, yeah, not super prepared. Um, what, preventative maintenance is something that irritates me. <clears throat> like, it irritates me if people, like, take their car in just to get, like, so you don't Checked get, up. like, before tour, you don't, like, get it, your guitar set up? I don't, yeah. Our other guitar player is very responsible, and it <laughs> irritates me that he's so, like... Because he, he, he's, like, on, on like, my ass about it, but, like, 
if he wasn't like that, it would just be a nightmare. So you don't go for the annual physical, the doctor. You I haven't been to the doctor up. in years and years. How about the eye doctor? You guys <laughs> no, are both glasses wearing Didn't go goods. to the eye doctor either. I uh, no. just brought my old glasses in. These, I think this prescription's like out of date. Hmm. <laughs> it's fucking, it's, it's I can horrible. see it from here, dude. What are you, like a minus three? Like I actually, yeah, I just, I don't know, I'm nearsighted, so I, can, I can't see like street signs and shit like that. I was the one stars. of you. Yeah, what I mean, LASIK? Laser beams, yeah. Nice. Right in the you recommend it? It works, right? I totally recommend it. Excellent. Uh, two things they won't tell you. Um, insurance doesn't pay for it. It's expensive as balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and two, it hurts worse than a tattoo. Okay, wow. Yeah. The, the, and the doctor, not even the doctor will tell you that until you're lying there with clockwork <laughs> orange things in your eyeballs holding them God, open and damn. then laser beams in your face for a good four minutes. And that's where uh, I they learned should play to- like Floyd in the background, so like psychedelic, <laughs> psychedelic pain. Well, that ride. would just upset me. Yeah, actually, unless it was Piper, I guess I could handle that record. But um, super purist, but it's it's pretty fucking agonizing. Yeah, but, my eyes were corrected by bifocals. I yeah, got, I got bifocals as a kid, and then I went to the eye doctor, and they were like, "You don't need glasses anymore." And they were like, "If you get them when you're really young, mm-hmm. I had those huge ones, they can oh, actually whoa. correct your vision." Yeah, and, yeah. You can still do that, actually. I think uh, for air, for pilots, like if you want to go into the Air Force and you have to have twenty twenty, you can over time wear lenses and it will slowly but surely correct it. Huh. Because your eyes are a muscle. I guess it just works the muscle and gets mm-hmm. it. I guess so, yeah. Back in shape. Eyes also don't feel pain. It's the, it's the, really? uh, the eyelid. So if you get something jabbed in your eyeball, just... Doesn't hurt? It. No, it doesn't hurt. Just keep your fucking eyes open. Cool. And then, yeah. Uh, I learned um, that as a camp counselor. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just watched. Did you guys see that remake of Old Boy? That Spike Lee one. No, it's like some really graphic kind of stuff like that in it, and I can't even like listen to like the idea of something getting jammed in an eyeball just freaks because me. Because that movie. Yeah, I, I'm definitely yeah. the same way. I'm really, really squeamish, squeamish about like uh, violence or anything yeah. like that. It, like I don't know. I can't. I don't like body stuff. Like I like the idea of pregnancy is like upsetting, like like physically upsetting <laughs> to me. It's not gonna happen to you. I yeah, but I I mean, in health class we watched like a, a video of a woman giving birth, and I turned like sheet white, and like the teacher had to like take me outside, and was like, "What kind of birth? Natural or cesarean?" She was giving birth, and I just like everyone. Like I don't know. Everyone else was like, "It was mm-hmm. gross," but no one else fucking went like completely white and looked like they were gonna like pass out. <laughs> it's embarrassing. Just stuff like that. Yeah, I'm not into it either. I, mean, I, I don't know. No, that's why you go for the cesarean, man. I think I think everybody feels weird about body out. stuff. Like the idea, I don't know. Like like some, like if I like imagine like my cat's lungs, it like makes me feel like really. I don't know. <laughs> I don't like the idea of like people having like body parts they have to like rely on and like thinking about those the, how they work and shit. But you know, on Oof. tour, like accidents happen, people get hurt. Does that freak you out? Like in real life, like for me, it's if it's pretend, like I can't watch CSI without freaking out. Like I'm just, not, I'm not, I can't handle it. But if it's something real, like seeing someone getting really hurt, you know, first thought is how can I help? But then it yeah. doesn't, doesn't phase me like blood. Yeah, I don't know. Like it, it's, it's very specific things. Like, like, okay. The idea of someone having like a finger broken, like sideways. Oh off, God. Yeah. Thanks. I can handle that. Really? Surprisingly. <laughs> but like internal organs, I don't know. Like it freaks me out. Freaks huh. me out. Really bad. Preventative maintenance. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, preventative. Yeah, preventative maintenance. I Which don't is like a it. great album title, but not a good band name. Uh, I think it's so awesome wearing a Left for Dead shirt, and I just want to talk about Canadian hardcore. Oh yeah, um, Chokehold. Love Chokehold. Me too. <laughs> yeah, um, great band. Do you guys listen to a lot of heavier stuff as well? Would you say? Uh, not as much as I used to, but yeah. When the band first started, we were, I think, all 
it, like we listened to a lot more of that stuff and we were like in a pop punk band that secretly wanted to be a hardcore band and didn't re- even realize it we were like oh yeah pop punk band and then just like i don't know placed way too loud and intensely you know just because like i i always like seeing like hardcore bands live more than other bands live i, feel I just think it's more exciting yeah Nani, I mean, these days, like, a lot of times I feel like i kind of rolling my eyes at a lot of that stuff when I go see hardcore bands, but when I was younger, I definitely, like, I bought it, you know, I was like, damn, this is fucking, this is tight. Yeah, but, I, I don't know if it's maybe that I'm getting older or just that the newer stuff that's come out in the last couple of years has done nothing for me. Yeah, just like the mis- the mysterious trend in hardcore and, like, a lot of music, like the, just the... Uh, yeah, so the, many the, hardcore is bands. Is it really apolitical and, like, nihilistic and just, I'm not that yeah. into that. Which is what I like, you know, what I loved about like Chokehold and Left 4 Dead and bands like that is that it's like so fucking passionate and like, you know, seeing Drop Dead a couple of years ago at uh, Chaos was just like so inspiring because it's like the polar opposite of that shit that I hate now. Yeah, I just saw Infest just played here and that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, what was interesting about your music is I feel like it's... I don't know how to articulate this. Like in the sense, like it's some some of it is like four chord and very straightforward. But I feel like you guys have a very distinctive sound. You kind of make it your own. Mm. I mean, do you think that just develops from sort of playing together for over years or something? Because I feel like on paper, it kind of. I, I think know. I think it kind of just comes from. A, I f- one of the, the. It's really important when you write songs to completely trust your gut. Um, I think that because we've put out like so such a small amount of material it's always just when like you're like doing as little thinking as possible while writing and just kind of like uh reacting to it maybe more um i don't i don't know what the what the word i'm looking for is but uh just just knowing when it's right and like letting things be right i think that's you know maybe right. that's how let me help you yeah a friend of mine is a poetry professor okay the and, guy who's not in a band and, help you. I no. will help you. No, because yeah. I, cause, cause I was always... Because <laughs> I'm not... I, I don't want to say I'm a poetry fan, but like he was my roommate in college and I would have to deal with his Pablo Narita shit all the time. <laughs> and it was great. But And I learned to, to like it, but I never thought I would. And then he would write poems and I'm like, I really enjoy that. And it's and it sounds like stupid, pretentious, and I hate art, but I love it. But it's... I never understood how he put this together. And I said, how do you do it? And he said, well, you write everything down, you take out what shit. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that when you, it's gonna, I don't know, when you do that and you succeed in doing that, you probably have something that's special and that like is going to like set it apart from things that aren't, I don't know. So like if you're saying like we have like a kind of like unique sound that's our own, I think that's just because like it's a matter, it's like like the result of a lot of editing and taking out anything that's like, you know, we were going for this and didn't quite succeed. It's just like whenever something is a, just in its most natural state you know like of where it's just i don't know it's hard to talk about how you guys have a voice because you do and that's what's interesting about your band to me because you, you know you get to a point in your life where you don't listen to as many bands because you've heard a lot and you want to hear something new or you want to hear something different or you want to hear something that speaks to you and your band i really enjoy and i'm not like jaded dude i just i don't seek out as much as i used to and when i first heard you i was like okay there's something here and i find that with bands a lot of that is just getting the right dudes together yeah you know and i don't know how you 
decided to get together and appeal to my ears personally, but thank you. (laughs) Well played. So how did that happen? Are you all, were you guys all uh, born in LA? We're all from the same, yeah, we're all from the South Bay. Okay. uh, Which is like Torrance specifically. Mm -hmm. And uh, Barry and I had been playing music together a lot before then. We've been playing, I guess now it's been like 10 years. Since you were 17. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but we met at a bowling alley when we were 14. in middle school. And, uh... What'd you roll? Oh, not great. We it was like kids. a youth league. It was really fun. Okay. And you guys just did an interview at the end where you guys bowled or something? Yeah. Yeah. yeah at that? the same place. It was cool. And was uh, cool. also Chase used to work at that bowling alley. Okay, cool. That bowling alley is like a big part of our band. I had a great pun about that. Uh, I'm really into puns. I saw the pun. If you have some Sorry. spare time. Yes, yeah, I'm going to read it. There yeah. it is. Well yeah. done. Well played. Thank you. I think right there we've just discovered what's so great about this band is we all met in a bowling alley, which is just a place everyone enjoys. And if you don't, you suck. Like, how can how can joy and art not come from that? Yeah. I was in a bowling league growing up. Did you guys ever do that? Like an after school where you're on a team? And yeah, that's, that's how we that's met. Where we met. Oh, gotcha. yeah. We weren't on the same team. We were on opposing teams, but... Did you, how were you guys? Because I felt like my average went up every year, and then I hit like a ceiling where like I can't get over like a one twenty five or one fifty or something. I only did it the one summer. Yeah, but we actually we won first place through a loophole because <laughs> when we first started, none of us really bowled, and then there was all these like nerds that bowled with their dads all the time, you know, who were like, good at bowling. Right, and we showed up like bowl like a forty, you know what I mean? But what they do uh, is they give you like a handicap if you're really bad. So you start the game with, like, points if you suck. Okay. And as we bowled every weekend, we got better, but we still had this, like, leftover, like, handicap. Then, So we were, like, bowling, you know, a 110 but getting, like, a 220. <laughs> and so we won first place, and all these, like, kids who can actually bowl were just like... I love the, it. Yeah, what the fuck? Left with the trophy. Like, did not bowl the best, but got a trophy. Their dads were not happy. Yeah, rest imagine. assured. Yeah, they're all league. Yeah, they were because they were like these, they were definitely kids whose dads would like come and like watch them bowl and like tell them, you know. But my parents just drop me off and be like, "Have fun." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See, even better. That's cool. Love yeah, it. Hands off parenting. Yes, paid so, off. So, what was the situation with the new record? Obviously, it's on Epitaph. Did you guys kind of have more time in the studio? Was it like a different experience? Yeah, we it's two weeks this time yeah. instead of uh, in the past. It's been like more like. Between a week and like 10 days. The second record we did in three days, but that's kind of weird. Like we went and recorded it, failed, and then went back and did it in like three days. Or two days? What does that mean failed? You forgot to hit record? It just didn't come out good. Like we, I don't know. It was. We got to the studio and realized that we really didn't have it together. Yeah. Yeah, this record's not ready at all. Yeah. (laughs) And and so when, would you just go back, practice more or focus more on the songs? Yeah, we had a month. And I went home and rewrote, like, most of it. And then uh, we just went up there and, like, crossed, like, you know, did it somehow. Like, the dude that was recording was like, you are not going to be able to do this in two days. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what do you want to What do you want to fix about the last one we did? And I was like, well, I rewrote all of it, so I'm just going to re-record the record in two days. And he was just like, Yeah, he didn't love all that. Right. Yeah, he was actually in awe when we did it. He's like, you, you guys did it. This and how do you crazy. do it? You go and track it all or you play live? What do you like? We did bass and drums live. This the first time we recorded everything live, and that's that's the one that didn't come out good. <laughs> I had a cold, and I sang anyway, and then completely blew out my voice, so I just didn't have a voice the whole time we were there. So there's all these like vocal takes that are just like so so bad. Uh, yeah, and then yeah, we we just re when the second time when we retracted, 
just bass and drums live and then tracked everything over that. You released that one as the demo, right? We have yeah. a yeah, we have some of it that we were thinking of putting out on like a I don't know CDR tour only thing or something. Fuck, I don't know <laughs> CDR. But the new record went a lot smoother. Okay, <laughs> yeah. all right, good. we yeah. you are we m- more prepared. We had everything completely ready to go for the studio. It's definitely a record we wanted to be able to play live. Yeah, so it was just a matter <laughs> of tracking it. There was not a lot of writing that went down in the studio at all. And how much influence did Brett have? A lot. Yeah. A lot. Brett was great. Um, I feel like a lot of people are very sensitive when kind of ad- like addressing your your songs that you've written and maybe making suggestions um, that, you know, it's going to be like really damaging to the person's ego or something. But Brett and I hashed out really quick that it's like, dude, if you feel that something should be a certain way, like just speak up and like, I might disagree. I might totally see where you're coming from. Um, and yeah, he, once, once we kind of established that, cause it, like he kind of was pretty vocal about, let's try to make the songs a little longer. And we did. And it was, it was definitely for the best. I think there's actually only like one instance where he, uh, where he had an idea that we that we followed through on. Um, other than that, it was his idea to get the guy to who mixed it to mix it. It was his idea to get the guy to master it, uh, Howie Weinberg mastered it, and then uh, he sequenced the record, which is awesome because he also sequenced Outcome the Wolves. That's so funny because when you're uh, when, I, when you're saying like Brett wanted it one of the songs longer, my first thought was this uh, interview with uh, Rancid for Outcome the Wolves. Wow. Which is, I was just listening to that record last night. It's so great. Um, Me too. Yeah, I was thinking about like how perfect, I was like how perfect this record is, you know, and how, yeah. how, how often I listen to it. And I remember that tour. But there was an interview with them and said, um, so how long are the songs? And he was like, and Lars apparently went with this interview. Yeah, there's no ballads. There's nothing over like two and a half minutes. <laughs> no, no ballads, which yeah. is wrong. Yeah, that's not yeah. true. Yeah, exactly. Like, whole... play guitar or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but that was like, I guess the joke of it. But that's very funny. Yeah. So when you said make songs longer, what are they running at? Like two thirty, two forty? Uh, no. A lot of them are like around the just about two minutes or like one a minute forty. Perfect. Yeah, but I, I don't. I don't know. I I kind of over time developed this anxiety about writing songs where as soon as I have something good going, I want to like just get out and like finish it while it's while I have like the something good going. But I feel like that I got kind of like I got kind of carried away with that, and so anytime I had a good idea, I was just like really adamant about not i don't know adding to it and making it like real song length well kind of worked for buddy holly i mean his songs don't even clock at two minutes yeah or pixies you know yeah 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 there's a there's somebody else that i was i I listened to recently or the everly brothers yeah Mm -hmm. i listened to their best of and it's like it was like 19 minutes long Mm -hmm. and i don't think anybody like fucking gave them a hard time about it no. You ever right. listen to Buddy Holly's New York apartment recordings? Like no. his last recordings? They're incredible. Really? Yeah. Fuck. They're all like home recordings. You can hear his wife like putting away dishes in the background and shit. And they're just like so much better than anything he recorded. You ever see the biopic with Steve Boucher? Or, uh, Gary, Gary, Busey. Gary, Gary Busey. Yeah, oh, yeah that's weird. No, yeah. really? It doesn't look shit like Buddy Holly, but it's, it was a great casting. It's yeah. the Buddy because Holly story. And he still will do a Buddy Holly set. Like he'll still go out and play. Oh, because he, he actually sang. Yeah. On it. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, sang. Yeah, on awesome. He did the whole thing. Gary Busey. It's yeah, you he love doesn't this like movie. It's shit great. like Buddy Holly, but it, yeah, it's <laughs> it's fantastic. It's like, and that whole band, man. Like, uh, you look. That's I remember w- watching uh, the crickets on some you know old clip, obviously. But <laughs> you really learn that 
no one ever gave a shit about miking drums because he's hitting every goddamn drum and yeah. you can barely yeah. hear it. That's why Ringo Starr like always did nothing because they never miked it. Yeah. And the drums were even when they played Shea Stadium, they didn't mic a damn thing. So yeah. it was always mm-hmm. the beat was always a little bit after. But and then I think was he the drummer, the bass player who wrote um I Fought the Law. The oh, crickets. no way. Yeah. It was one of the two of the crickets. Like, of, co- of course, yeah. of course, from the crickets did that. Yeah, that's crazy. Awesome. Hey, yeah, there- I was thinking about, um, like, where Buddy Holly's career might have gone if he lived. Because he was starting, you know, he was, like, living in Greenwich Village and, like, starting to get into that whole thing, like, in the late 50s, right before that shit started up. And, like, I think he would have had a really important career in the 60s. It, it's, what, he was, like, what, 20 or something? It was like, 23, I think. It was, uh, it, yeah, I think about the Big Bopper the same way. <laughs> Chantilly Lace? Yeah, man. <laughs> the day the music crashed. <laughs> I knew that you were going to follow that up with something like that. Stupid and ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Take something nice and poignant about a person's <laughs> yeah, career. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's just, a nice moment. And, and just <laughs> stick a fork in his ass. That's how I roll. No, not at all. Someone wrote it. I can't remember if it was either a book or an essay. Someone, please listening, check me out on it. That was Buddy Holly was the first Ramon. Yeah. Cool. Which makes a whole hell of a lot of sense. He wasn't as uh, inhuman looking as the Ramones. That's one interesting thing mm-hmm. about the Ramones to me. Joey Ramone does not look like, does not resemble a human being. No. He uh, looks like a reptilian, like halfway through and, transforming. And up, and up close, his, because the way his face was. Did you ever meet him? Yeah. Yeah. He's, it's, um, I was at the last show in LA. Oh, wow. And he, he, you know, it's just like, and I remember seeing them. And, you know, his, uh, like if his glasses were here and his nose, his eyes were back here, just yeah. the way he was made. And, um, remember that was the last pit I ever got in in my life was at a Ramon show because it was so heavy. And Did they play really fast. Oh yeah. At the end they started playing really fast. They, that, they, all, they try to like keep up with like nineties punk. They were like, yeah, no dude, listen, they punk. always play that way. Listen to it's alive. It's they, they sped up everything. And have you ever seen the, the documentary end of the century? Mm-hmm. It's great. You know, when they talk about how. With Richie Ramone, who's the best drummer in the band, they, you know, they, they cut like 15 minutes off their set. Because you just play so fast. They, they would speed up everything. It's great. <laughs> they want to get through their whole catalog. One of the weirdest tours I ever saw, and we talked, when our tour was here, was uh, the Ramones White Zombie did this co-headlining tour. Sick. And like switched off sets. Nice. Yeah, and it was Whoa. so, so weird. I was really into White Zombie as a kid. Me too. Dude, super, super into White Zombie. Yeah. Thunder Kiss, like, and all oh, yeah. that. More have you ever heard human. really early White Zombie? I, I think, like, I sort of got into it when I was, like, going through my phase, but I wasn't, I didn't listen to it as much. I heard it about a year ago. It's, like, uh, more kind of, like, Jesus Lizard or something like that. It's, like, it sounds like a band. It's, it's okay. like, not a, like, I don't know. Like Killing Joke or something? It's kind of like Killing Joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like them. It's kind of, like, noisy guitar playing, and then, like, he does that whole kind of, like, I don't know. Yeah, I remember it's kind of cool. their guitar player Jay, that guy with the dreads, Jay, whatever. He used to have a column Guitar World, mm. and, it, and I liked it because like he was always like, "My guitar parts aren't that hard." I'm really. He was always talking about how insecure he was about his guitar playing. That's <laughs> yeah. how I feel too. Yeah, I'm like everything's like a bar chord or something, and I was like, and I was, but I feel like in those magazines, everyone's like, "Check out this lick." Yeah, yeah. yeah I don't really know why I'm in this magazine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <clears throat> I saw them open for Anthrax, and they were main support and the opening band was uh quicksand oh wow and and my friends and i went and we got there super early because we wanted to see quicksand and there was like 20 people there to see quicksand and i remember <laughs> that moment looking around going this is going to have an impact on how i think about music forever because 
why is there no one else here to see this fucking band? Yeah. And people had their faces painted white. And then we watched White Zombie come out, and they were awesome. Yeah. I had a conversation about Anthrax with Jerry Only two days ago. Wow. My At the AP Awards? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I was God. working on the... Wrote... Anybody else's feet hurt from that? <laughs> Dude, it was incredible. It was. <laughs> I was working on the script. I was like the script supervisor. So I had... Uh, so in bread, I had to meet with Joe Perry like five minutes before it started. Oh, whoa. <laughs> like they were like, Joe Perry needs to talk to you. And I was like, what? <laughs> and they're like, he's in his dressing room in the rock. So I like run over there and he's like, Slash is hanging out. And Joe Perry's like sitting behind this desk with his feet up, like rolling a cigarette with his manager. And he's like, I want to change my speech. I'm like, oh, okay. okay. Like it starts in like minutes. You said you wanted yeah. to be about hot sauce? No, he like had like really good changes, but it was like, I couldn't read his writing. He was like, and then uh, he was really nice, but it was weird but he was he did a good job cool does yeah. he have that cruella de vil hair yep yeah he's looking kind of old yeah he's short too <laughs> yeah he is yeah. he is short he's very short every everyone is short yeah hopefully, like, hopefully you think- joe perry doesn't hear this podcast joe is, yeah. we're, we're trying to get him on so joe if you're listening <laughs> if you're listening joe we, we like had, your hair we had your tattooist <laughs> your hair looks cool Actually, yeah, yeah. We we had your ta- look old dude we had your tattooist on a few years uh, uh, one of our early podcasts and um he's still waiting for that check <laughs> which is true um, but yeah, I saw a Misfit show where Michael Graves didn't show up. This was like 12 years ago, and they had like Scott Ian and John Bush from Anthrax and stuff singing Misfit songs with the band. Oh, that's like, that was probably better, yeah. Yeah, it was. It was probably was. He'd gotten arrested or something. For, 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 uh, he's, I, I've met him. He's actually a very cool guy. I was talking um, about it early, or a couple of days ago with my friend about uh, American Psycho, the, uh-huh. Mis- the Misfits record, and how when I was a kid, I bought that one because it looked coolest. And that was easily my favorite yeah. <laughs> until I was like told that it's like completely unacceptable for that to be your favorite. Like I heard the other stuff and I was like, this stuff. Like collection one, collection no two, good. whatever. American Psycho is fucking good. And I like still remember the songs and I like still think it's kind of tight. Brad and I were just talking about the Misfits the other day about how like you, if you listen to the Misfits records, you're like, man, they're amazing. And then you listen to any bootleg, you're like, this is the worst band ever. Oh, I love that shit. They're all, it's all Even- tuning. Evil Live. Oh, oh my God. Oh, that, that's, Live. That's oh, okay. sweetened up, man. That's it. It's yeah, totally yeah, yeah. sweetened up. They oh, I thought you meant on the, on the, um, in like the coffin box set, there's a disc that's all just like demos and stuff. And that's, that stuff's like my favorite. Oh, she's my favorite. keyboard. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is so awesome. It's so good. I like yeah. that shit for sure. I'll yeah. listen to every version they of had Angel Fuck. Ja- they had that find. weird, like, jazz yeah. drummer. So good. Yeah. Dude, what was up with that? Have you ever heard that, uh, David, the dude from Slint? Uh, Pajo, Pajo. Have you ever heard his covers thing? He has this thing called Scream for Me. That's all these. I'm trying to get him on the podcast. All these acoustic covers of Misfit songs. Oh, they're good. Super mellow, and you just did on cassette. It's incredible. Wow, that sounds awesome. That does sound. You guys should check it out. He just and I I was talking. I actually talked to him about it. I saw him at the Slint show, and he was like, did it at his friend's house, just like recorded on a cassette just for fun, and just left it there and forgot about it. And they found it, and we're like, we should put this out. Whoa, is that the guy that was in Tortoise and Zwan? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that's incredible because it's like they have like a whole different like emotional resonance. Like because the lyrics can yeah. be kind of dark, like depressing, but not as. He's tough. a sad, lonely New Jersey guy hanging out in his mom's basement watching horror movies. Exactly. Not a lot of friends. No. Yeah, I can definitely hear it in in the early stuff. And then he drank the Kool Aid, you know. Like lonely and Lodi. Yeah. <laughs> they were offered, uh, like I don't know, like a million years ago to to reunite in Japan. And and the story I heard is that they had a meeting, and they were definitely going to do it. And then Jerry was the one who was like, "Well, let me finish this tour of my Misfits, 
And the story goes, Glenn went, fuck off, and just took her. I just said, forget yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I saw him do a misfit set with Doyle, like, in yeah. high school. Mm-hmm. It was good. They, st- they still do that. Yeah. yeah. And then thought- he, he did the Danzig set, and I hated the Danzig set. But really? the misfit set was awesome. Really? See, just, he should just play that first Danzig record, and then I'd be fine. There's, a, there's two good songs on that. The you like the whole thing? Oh, I love it, yeah. I like Twisted Cane and Mother. I yeah. like the music videos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen them. hilarious. I've but, never listened to Sam Hain. Sam Hain's good. Is there some good stuff? Yeah, I've definitely. never listened to it. It's, I mean, There's got to be some good tracks. Oh, yeah. You know? It definitely sounds like... Uh, sounds like the Davey Havoc Sam Hain, yeah. Sam Hain band. Uh, yeah. Son of Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't like that because I always was try learning those early Danzig songs on guitar, and I suck at doing pinch harmonics. Yeah, and I was always like, ugh, like it just bummed me out. Yeah, just ruin the music yeah, for you. Yeah, yeah, because that would always. Yeah. Do you feel like is it hard for you to listen to your own music and not think about how to play each part while you're listening to it? No, I don't feel like my brain really works like that. Really, I'm really not musically minded. I think like the music got a lot better on this record because our guitar player Chase wrote a lot of the like i would write like the very skeleton of the song and then he would like oh let's make it all beautiful and, yeah like, add like a bunch of stuff to it and i was like whoa and then i could kind of work with that like once he would like change it i could like kind of see where he was going and then be like oh what about this what about this but i i'm not yeah i don't know i don't i don't really think about that when i'm listening to it i don't think about like how to play it on guitar or like the that kind of shit i don't so you like to think I can't about the song it. as opposed to like the arrangement I, it's not really up to me. I, I you know, I, I don't, just don't hear music like that. Like, I don't, I, when I'm listening to a band, I don't imagine, like, how that's played or anything. But I, I know, I definitely have friends who talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess just because I don't really know anything about it. I think we're really know, zeroing like, in onto the secret of this band. I like it. You know, well, you, like, most, most people, like, know scales and shit, right? Right. Well, I sort of. Yeah, not, not, not everybody, but I feel like an understanding of that would give you more of an understanding of when you're listening to other bands hearing like oh that's like in this scale and like oh like this key i don't know my band has played an open d d a d f a d for the last like six years so i feel like i can't even play guitar like a regular guitar anymore <laughs> like yeah. i don't even know how yeah see even that like i i, I don't know how to play like in any other tunings or anything oh, i th- think i think that would give you an understanding of i think it just is like just ma- actually like makes you lazier in some ways because oh, yeah. you can just bar everything yeah, you don't yeah, even yeah, have yeah. to like when you start now, who'd you guys play along with? Like, like who were you listening to? To uh, when I I got a bass for my 14th birthday, and I stayed up all night and didn't go to sleep learning how to play AFI guitar leads on the high strings of a bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nice. like the God called Sick today part. Like on like that. <laughs> that was that was pretty uh pretty big. And then Operation Ivy, I learned all the Operation Ivy songs on guitar or bass. Guitar. Yeah, that's when I because then I I I played bass, but not really. I kind of like. Got really into it for a little bit, and then kind of got over it. Um, and because those bass lines are really hard. Oh yeah, yeah. I never learned those. That, um, but I learned how to play guitar when I was like seventeen. My my friend was just like, "Yeah, this is how you play uh, Brain Stew," and then I just was like, "Oh, and then I'll learn all these Operation Ivy songs." <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't know. It was like they're pretty easy, but really, yeah. really fun to yeah. play. Lots of AFI it's, songs. Really. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Really, tried to learn them all. Couldn't learn that many of them. Really? <laughs> um, like what era? Sticking in my eye by No Effects. That was like oh, a dude, big that, guitar song for yeah, me. Yeah, that bass intro is so awesome. Too, yeah, right? yeah. And uh, 
what was that song by Screeching Weasel? Cool Kids or something? Oh, yeah, you learned that one? That was like, a, I remember my friend and I like trying to learn that one together on bass, and it was like three fucking notes, and it was yeah. really hard. Cool Kids hard. Don't Punch Women in the Face. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's the one. <laughs> but yeah, what's interesting is like on the new record, like I feel like a song like, like Heart Tattoo or something where it's like that progression I feel like I've heard like a million times. And it's Blink like Blink Two progression. Yeah, and the first time I heard it, I was like, "Oh, I've heard this before." And now it's like my favorite song in the record. <laughs> it's so it like I feel that's sort of what I was trying to say earlier. I guess mm-hmm. like it's it's interesting. That's kind of a good example of like uh, being like like writing that, and being like, "Oh, can you really write a song that's just the fucking Blink One Eighty Two progression?" And then just being like, "Fuck it, like this is how it goes. Right, like, this is it," and not like just kind of trusting that. Being like, "Nah, this is tight for sure." But you're also kind of like. It's the fucking Blink-182 thing, you know what I mean? It's like, it sounds kind of like a middle school band. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a r- insanely obvious, done a million times progression, but that's just how it, how the song goes. But you're right, like, that lead line over it is so interesting. Ah, uh, it's like, uh, it sounds kind of tropical, I don't know. Yeah, it's very tropical. I don't know. It's funny, I was at the show last night, and I had a friend there who's from Torrance, and he was like, this is... This Joyce Manor record is the most I've seen written about Torrance ever. It's <laughs> like, yeah. like no one ever writes about it. Yeah, it's really nice that people have been saying that. How it yeah, like yeah, captures yeah. the feeling of the South Bay really well. It's cool. That's really cool. I think like that that's a thing that the descendants kinda did too. It's mm-hmm. like really nice. To, I think it's also very intentional, I think. That, that casual feeling of driving down Rosecrans. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Just <laughs> yeah. It's kinda how it feels. Yeah, I grew Fuck. up in Ohio and I was like I, I love that song about heated swimming pools, but that was like not my like. No one had a pool like yeah. that. I was like, are <laughs> pools heated? I think they are. I don't know. <laughs> That's funny. You gotta be rich, man. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you can have a pool, and then it's like a nicer pool if it's heated, or they're all heated. Or if you have an apartment building that okay. has one. Yeah, heated a heated pool. It's expensive to heat a swimming pool. Okay. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> a lot of people don't do it. Pool talk. I think pool talk. I think everybody that has a pool like gets a pool regrets it. Yeah, I think it's like a. I think everyone. It's a lot is of like, money. Don't fucking get a pool. It's a lot of maintenance my too. Life. Right? A lot of maintenance. It's yeah, the, it's the insurance you have to pay for. Yeah, I think what it you, ruins your life because you people have, will I, drown in it. Yeah. So you have to have insurance just for a pool. Hell yeah, really. Yeah, and now the new thing is, uh, I'm so happy this is going where it's going. <laughs> Saltwater pools. Oh, it's turning out that it's cheaper. Yeah. It's more expensive to start, but cheaper to maintain because you don't have to put chlorine in it because the salt water does what the chlorine would do naturally mm. i learned this recently too my right? girlfriend's parents are like we got to turn our pool into a saltwater pool mm-hmm. really how often do you, do you have to change out the salt a lot that, that i don't know can you ask your girlfriend's parents Please. about this and can get you back call to them us? now yeah oh my phone a friend <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the game show portion has started <laughs> like i'm doing this really cool interview right now <laughs> it's going exactly the way you thought it would yeah. so so if someone drowns in your pool are you if you have insurance, then like you don't, you're not liable or something. There, there. I mean, I don't know the full logistics of it, but there's, you know, definitely rules about it of having. Like if they, I think it's if you have it and someone you know hops the fence and fucks around oh. and then they get hurt, you know. Um, but I think a certain amount of people you have to have a lifeguard, all kinds of various things. Interesting. I don't know the ins and the outs. Who, here, who here passed the bar? <laughs> Who knows that? Not me. So you fly here to play one show, and then is there a tour beginning? Is it are, are we are we festing? Are we are we festivaling all over the place now? Or? Uh, late August, the mm-hmm. tour starts. Okay, Just do full U.S. and then we're going to Europe in November mm-hmm. with uh, Cheap Girls. Nice, good band. Very nice. And then more stuff from there. 
Right on. But nothing really fully hashed out yet. I saw the video on AV Club. Oh, yeah. It linked up to that, which is very cool. Yeah, thanks. It's like my favorite website. So <laughs> cool. Anytime they link up, I'm like, oh, it must be cool because I enjoy them immensely. And when you, uh, how did the video come about to go together? And also, why did you do one? Uh, <laughs> we had like a little flip, flip, uh, flip camera or whatever. What was it called? Flip cam? Flip cam, yeah. And a couple years ago. Yeah, like on our. Like one of our first U.S. tours. Um, that's actually our third one, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We just kind of filmed stuff and uh, needed to put together, or we decided to put together a video of the footage. We were meant to do it a long time ago, and then just kind of revisited the footage and was like, "Oh, there's some good shit in here," and then just kind of threw it together. Do you feel like you need to do that now? No, um, but you want to. It's fun. Yeah, it was fun to edit. It was fun to just like go through it and like kind of put it together. Um, there's very little. Like, I I think that it, it's boring to watch a video like that's put together like that, of just like the dudes hanging out, the dudes playing live. You know, like it, it, I mean, it's there's nothing like wrong with it, but I kind of feel like the footage we used was a little more interesting just because it was you know shit we saw, fire dancer. I used to get in arguments way back at in the fuse days with the, the video department because they didn't like videos of just bands playing. They wouldn't show yeah, them. They, they were like, no, just performance no, videos. You have to have like a weird storyline. You line, have to have a storyline. Which they, is like... I fucking hate videos that have like a concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to have like some weird car crash and at the end it's not really, it's like a dream or like yeah. the guy's dead the whole time or something. And my, and my point when I would uh, argue this, uh, which was, uh, as Jonah can tell you, a very delicate situation who I was arguing with. Um is that you've never been in a band, I can see where you're coming from. But if you've been in a band, you like to watch people play, even if they're pretend playing, mm-hmm. you know, even if it's, you know, synced up and you like yeah. watching people rock out. And I enjoyed that. So it was it's always fascinating to see these videos that I thought were great just get, you know, passed away. But it's also like, what can you do with it? But it's, if you're in a band, you also know how bad it sucks to like play this fake, play the same song for like 10 hours in one day. Yeah, I just, I don't see a point to them anymore. Yeah. To Music videos. videos? Yeah, I just don't. I think it's like, I think it's just a different point or something. Yeah. Like, I think it's just like another promotional tool to like let people know it's out there. Yeah. The lyric videos I'm a fan of as someone who has always sung the wrong lyrics to every song for my life and has gotten into actual fights with it. Are those <laughs> sheets dirty or are they turning? I did not know. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, like fist fights with my best friend growing up. Like, no, it's fucking dirty. <laughs> yeah. It's dirty, by the way. Here's what I don't get the most, though, is when a band's like, we're releasing our track listing for a new record. And it's like, I don't know what any of these songs sound like. Who cares? God. Yeah. I hate that shit. God. So what do you guys do when you're not... Or like a band is entering the studio? Yeah, yeah. Who gives a fuck? Well, that's why I I start being like absolute punk, because it's like, every time I go on, it's like, Silverstein has a new merch design. And you're like, that's news? Give me a fucking break. Yeah. 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 Content. Content. That's, what, yeah, that's yeah. what people like. People like content. Some well, it's, it's someone. Uh, I was talking to this buddy of mine who's a who's a professional like like editor, and he and his what he does is he puts together, you know, like cool fun trailer spots, or he'll his company will change the entire look of a network. Like they'll put it in like down to the fonts. And one of the people he works for is HBO, and he was working on Game of Thrones stuff, and he said it's so hard because creatively you want to put something together but no one gives a shit how it's put together they just want new stuff 
Yeah. I want to yeah, know yeah, what's yeah. going to happen. Who are we going to see? Yeah. Like what? What's this? And is uh, I'm a big comic nerd, mm. and I loathe the term spoiler. <clears throat> but you know, you it's like when you have a new song. Like if the song is finished, a fan wants to hear it because they're excited about it. You know, mm-hmm. and it's like when do you leak it? How do you put it out there? Blah blah blah. But it's everyone's just so hungry for the immediate gratification of it, which is my whole point about videos is why are you going to put something together that I'm only going to watch either on my phone or my computer? Yeah. You know, it's weird. I'm not going to watch it on, you know, a big flat screen. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, it kind of gets together. But when you what with going to Epitaph, do you talk about that sort of thing? Like, hey, we're going to let this song go first because it's not really releasing a single anymore. It's what song do you decide yeah. is going to be yeah. your first hit? Uh, I got to roll it out, bro. Yeah, there's uh, there's definitely some uh, some thought that goes behind that. I, I think Epitaph were so much nicer than people thought they would be. Like they they were definitely like, you know, we get that question a lot. Like, oh, do they do they make you do shit? Do they make you do some weird stuff you don't want to do? Mm-hmm. Like, no, they're very like very uh, make sure we were comfortable with everything. Already. I don't mean like they asked like, what song do you guys want to put out? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like we think this one has potential too. And it's and it's a great building, isn't it? Yeah, uh, the building is great. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's, I, cool. Did, it's a cool building. It is a cool building. With their was, tiered garden. Yeah, it's an old, um, it's an old like trolley repair yep. building. Yep. So it's got those cool old it's, sliding it, doors. And it's right by the bridge from uh, under the bridge by Red Hot Chili. Peppers. Oh wow! <laughs> oh right That's on. That's the bridge. The Silver Lake Bridge. Mm-hmm. Brett's, uh, Brett's, de- Brett's desk is in the middle of everybody else's, and he has these like huge speakers, and he always wants to show you music in this like office where everyone's working and he just like <laughs> plays it super loud and he's always like fucking with it like His giant EQ. studio monitors <laughs> yeah it's awesome i was there once and i moderated an interview for alternative press between fat mike and brett about doing a label in a band oh wow it's pretty cool yeah then, uh, i thought i thought isn't there like um, that's that's silly i was, i thought they didn't like each other yeah they seemed to well yeah. it, what was funny was that it was very clear that like mike was much more f- familiar with like because they had to name their five favorite releases from each other and Fat Mike's were so specific. He's like, "How come the wolves?" But like, minus this one song, and it's perfect. <laughs> or like, like yeah. all these things. And Brett's like, "I don't know the decline." I've never uh, heard any of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, it's pretty funny. Brett has a very specific way of 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 like organizing his iTunes playlist. Like he has it down to how many stars yes. go in and how it how it Dude, rotates he does. through. Yeah, he's it's super anal about that. Really like crazy. It. But it was also interesting. Like I was like, "What music are you into now?" And he was like, "Big Boy." Like like it was not punk at all mm-hmm. like he seems like he listens to like a ton of different kinds of Who, stuff Brett? yeah Brett likes the Beatles a lot yeah he's very uh he's like just I don't know yeah I mean maybe you know more than I do but like I, uh, no you, I'm sure you know more than I do yeah whenever we talk about music he just wants to talk about the Beatles yeah yeah it's cool that's interesting I like talking about the Beatles a lot I, really which record I I changes a lot I I really think Magical Mystery Tour is like insanely underrated mm-hmm. because I just think that the jump from uh from revolver to sergeant pepper like it was so huge and there wasn't as like there wasn't even really like a big jump in like i don't know recording techniques or just songwriting from that to magical mystery tour but i think the songs are better well but that magical mystery tour like had to happen because they were going to break up because epstein died. oh yeah, yeah, yeah so they they did that they like and that was like the one saving grace i think of paul mccartney and that is that he was like do something otherwise we're going to dissolve yeah he's so bummed which is why that record is so out there and he's like everybody get on a goddamn bus yeah just keep it together which is very cool the but movie was the movie was uh not so good but the album i really like yeah it's a good record yeah 
I always fluctuate between either rubber sole or revolver. It depends on my mood. Those are, those are considered the, the best. Yeah, They're so good. Oh, it's so I like Help a lot. Help is, a they record. just started smoking weed with Bob Dylan and yeah, they got good. The right second out. half of Abbey Road is like the, you know, the medley. That's mm-hmm. my favorite thing that they've ever done. Yeah, but I, Rubber Soul is my favorite record. Yep. I bag it. And uh, it's funny. Let It Be is like my least favorite record, but with my favorite song because it's got Across the Universe on it. Mm. Yeah. Yuck, I actually yuck, don't yuck, like Sgt. Pepper that much. I, I, the last track. Day in the Life is, Day in the Life is so really fucking good. I but the rest I, of it, it's like fucking five minute sitar track. And yeah. yeah, it's a weird one. But Lovely Read is a fucking great tune. That's true. Lucy's good. Um, but uh, you know what it is? It's, 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 um, and I have this, I love this discussion, which is I think bands should do nothing but EPs, you know, four songs like every, you know, once a year. I completely and, agree. And then just, and, tour yeah when you want and just do that and i think that sergeant pepper is there's songs that qualify as beatles filler which mm-hmm. is for any other band that would be your hit but for the beatles yeah, it's a minor absolutely you know and there's some killer songs that like good morning is a great song on there i don't fuck with that dude Fixing a good morning know? that's like a nightmare to me really yeah i don't like it <laughs> oh i like that song i don't i don't do that no nah. <laughs> D- doesn't doesn't feature i'm any. just thinking about it right now and i'm just it's making me like yeah uh you don't, like, you don't like them going into the audio vault and like going to fuck with you? Nah, I don't like it. I got a band for you. Next time you're here in New York, if they still play, they, they play very, very rarely. It used to be a lot. They're called the Fab Foe. Okay. And it's Will Lee from Letterman's band and Jimmy Vivino, the guy who runs Conan's band. Mm. And they are insane Beatles fanatics. Okay. So they have a five piece and they've all gone to a vocal coach to learn how to sing like the Beatles and they play an entire record live the way it sounds recorded. Whoa. I would love to see that. I've seen them do the White Album twice. Oh my gosh. And I've seen them do uh, Rubber Soul once. And they they even do like the Beatles solo records and they'll do all that. I've wanted to see Sgt. Pepper because apparently they pull in like strings and stuff. I think that would be a lot of fun to see live. But okay, here's here's, here's a friend of mine who saw the Beatles said this hike, this is... uh, how you can tell like super Beatles fans. Um, who sings, uh, who, uh, who plays bass on I will on the white album? Klaus Vorman. Mm. Keep going. I don't know. It's so dumb and nerdy. No, no idea. one. Paul McCartney sings it. Oh. You listen to it. He's oh. going. Doom, doom, oh yeah. Yeah. Doom. I knew that. I knew yeah. that. Fuck. <laughs> Damn it. Yep. Damn it. No. What's your favorite solo Beatle release? Um, uh, don't come easy, Ringo Starr. Really? Yeah, that's the first single. No he was way. the first Beatle to have a hit. Yeah, first single. Yeah. Do you ever hear the one that uh, John Lennon recorded with Harry Nilsson? That like wasted cocaine album. No, it's not that good. Okay. A couple good songs. <laughs> is that, that, how, is that the, was that where Harry Nilsson destroyed his voice? Yeah, doing that right. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they would just like go out and party and get really fucked up every night and then record was this some songs. In LA? Was this? Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. And uh, yeah, Harry Nilsson's voice was never the same after that record. <laughs> Because he just like couldn't hit the notes, so he's just like shouting at them and just totally destroyed his voice. He oh. had like maybe the most beautiful voice yeah, yeah, ever. Completely. I love that it's John Lennon's fault. I like that. <clears throat> yeah, that yeah. makes sense. <laughs> but I like Ram and Band on the Run. I like really. Ram a lot. Yeah. See, I I can't I can't abide by McCartney without the other three guys. He put oh, out a lot Paul's, of junk. Paul's my favorite Beatle. Yeah, in the Beatles anyway. Yeah, I mean he could. Yeah, play. a lot of his solo stuff is. Kind of <laughs> None of them really had great solo careers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There was this interview. With, Whose Christmas song do you like better? Sorry to totally interrupt you. Oh, whose Christmas song? The Paul one, simply yeah. having a wonderful Christmas time. Mm-hmm. No, or the John Lennon one. 
I forget what it's called. So this is so Christmas. this is Christmas. Yeah. I like the Paul one. I like the John one. Really? So I, 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 bet. I'm I don't a, like either of them that much. I'm with you. Yeah, I it, like them yeah, both. There's no I, reason to have a Christmas tune. Yeah, the small yeah. Face. yeah, it's like what's what's the point? Um, yeah. yeah, I don't really like Christmas songs that much. Mm-hmm. I love Christmas songs. Yeah, you like uh, Bing Crosby? It. Yeah, man. Let's talk about Bing Crosby. Bo bo bo. You really cornered that Christmas market. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna record Even all Matt these. King and, Cole. Yeah. Ooh, you know what's a nice Christmas song is uh, Vince Guaraldi. The the um, Christmas time is here. That's, oh, that's true. A gorgeous one. That's true. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Tony Thaxon. We're jumping into your podcast here for a minute. Yeah, is that what he talks about? Feliz Navidad. Yeah, it's all Christmas stuff. <laughs> oh, that, dude, that's tight. Yeah, he's great. You guys should do his podcast. He's in LA. Okay. Uh, um, best Christmas song: Merry Christmas. I don't want to fight tonight. Remember oh this? yeah, that one's so beautiful. That's a really good one. Uh, the Pogues. Fairy one. Tale New York. Oh, yeah. Fairy Tale God, Christmas. nice. That's a good great call. One. Uh, that low, that low Christmas song is really oh, fantastic. Oh, so beautiful. Yeah. I was going to bring that up earlier. I think Low did a Halloween set of like Misfits covers, but like like low versions. Oh, cool. That really? is kind of like the go-to band. I can't costume. find it anywhere, but I feel like I fucking heard that. I heard that, and I maybe I dreamed it. it. Sounds like sounds vaguely familiar to yeah. me. But I can't find it anywhere in the internet. I'm always like, oh, I gotta, I gotta check that out. And there's like, like traces of it. Like yeah. there's like talk of it, but I can't find it. Like hmm. video of the set or like recording of the. I don't in know. the world of today's interwebs, you can't find something means it's that's hard. It maybe doesn't <laughs> exist. Yeah, I don't know. Well, maybe maybe we just need to look harder. I used to like the ska punk band called the Other Cuts, and I can't find anything about them. <laughs> I looked it up the other day at work. It's always exciting when you still can't really find something on the yeah. internet. It, oh my god, a frontier. It's like a treasure. I found a frontier. Yeah. It becomes a treasure. What's bummed me out is that like I've gotten so lazy where it's like, I was at my parents' house and I have so many CDs, but now I just listen to almost everything on like Spotify, audio, and yeah. then I'll, I'm like, I want to listen to Chokehold, and they won't have it, and I'll be like, uh, and I'll like tweet at them, I'll be like, you should get Chokehold, and they're like, <laughs> they're like no, we what? shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> they're like, yeah, no one cares. Yeah, but you haven't tried uh, iTunes Match? No, I don't know how that works. Dude, it, they, you, I put all my CDs on itunes and then sold them all and then itunes match will uh for 25 bucks a year match up all your songs to whatever device you have so that anywhere you are you can listen to them oh wow and they only do it up to twenty five thousand songs uh which means i had to get rid of a lot of shit which was kind of funny <laughs> wow my wife was like really i'm like i don't know you're like you're agonizing over this guy to buy voices record. It has like two hits on it. Like I know, but I I might need it at yeah. some point yeah. on a, on a road trip. I might decide that I like the rest of them one day. Maybe someday. Yeah. God. Is your iTunes match just all got to buy voices? Twenty five thousand. It songs. could be. <laughs> I think I think Bob's written over five thousand songs. He said. I think actually that was in the nineties. So he's probably written ten thousand. So many. Yeah. I loved going to see them when not this lineup the classic lineup because classic they, they don't sound good but um Toby's awesome, great i saw him the other, i saw him recently and it was fucking awesome really? it was so inspiring and like made I me s- feel so good i saw that when they first came out that first tour around with the classic lineup and yeah. it was god awful drummer's so bad it's awesome <laughs> oh, fucking god. love it i hate when bands get like a ringer like it was great drummer and i, was just oh, like, I love right, that because they would play, nah, they would play the bad drummer <laughs> bad drummer is so tight no <laughs> so much more exciting you're like this could fall apart at any second so fun hey, you watching know, it. Trevor barely got it. At a time when I was <laughs> more, at a time when I would not care about how I got into the show, but now when I purposely bought a ticket to go see it, yeah, I don't need to see them fall apart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, tr- I think I, I think I qualify saying I've seen enough shitty guided by voices shows. Yeah, when I saw. Have you noticed he gets better at singing as he gets more wasted? Yeah. It's fucking crazy. It's phenomenal. Yeah, like, they, they played Buzz and the Dreadful Crow second, and he was, like, really flat and, like, straining a bunch. Hmm. And then by the end of the set, he was, like, wasted, like, just drinking tequila, mm-hmm. and just sounded like an angel. 
Like he was just nailing stuff. I was like, he's there's no way he's gonna get that top note. And then he's just like, no I saw problem. that once at the House of Blues out in L.A. And I think it was Universal Truths and Cycles. It was that one. And my buddy and I got so drunk, we kicked in the door of the dressing room and just went and hung out with him. How was it? <laughs> it was ma- it, it was he was so nice. Yeah. And it was funny because uh, it was like like all the strokes were there and Queens of the yeah. Stone Age and Tenacious D and me and my dumb drunk other substitute teacher buddy. <laughs> and we walk in and my friend was like, that's Drew Barrymore. And of course it was. And I think I got up in her face and went, no, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> and then I would know. And then, and then Pollard came over and just started hugging us. And went, you're my brothers. And we we're like, oh my God. And just started yeah. sobbing. It was so First great. time I saw him, I was... Uh, it's a long story, so I'll just keep going. A lot of it. Yeah, um, let's do it. it. We love it. It's my birthday, uh, my twenty third birthday, <sighs> and uh, the day before his birthday, and um, we went to go see him at the Wiltern. Yeah, and oh, tickets had sold out for the floor, and so we had balcony tickets. And I asked, I was like, "Can we? It's my birthday. Can I? Can we switch <laughs> these for floor tickets?" And they're like, "All right, sure." And so we got there, and we're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna see God Voices, <laughs> favorite band," and. Um, there was like a very front section and I went and to get on and like, oh, this is for like VIP tickets only. But if it doesn't fill up before they're going to play, you can go down there. It's like, okay, cool. And so we're waiting, we're waiting, we're waiting and they're going to play. And then the lady's like, yeah, it's too full. We can't let you go down there. I was like, oh man. And so it's I went birthday. and go grab a beer. I come back and then she's like waving at me and she's like, grab all your friends. Like, just go ahead. So we go and I have like my arms on the stage right up front and uh during weed king i get up on stage and sing a little bit of weed king about Paul. he hands me a tequila <sighs> drinks some tequila it's great that's and then amazing. I, I go to leave and he grabs me and pulls me back and gives me more tequila and i'm just like this is so cool that's awesome yeah yeah he's like that's one of my favorite bands it was really cool did you ever, did you ever cover one you guys ever try it no i think it's just too obvious i think we're like very you can like hear the influence too much for it to be a you know, smart cover. Chinese Telephone does a good cover. I can't they do. They do they a do. good Game of Pricks. Yeah. So does Jimmy World. Jimmy World. Yeah. Jimmy World does like yeah. They Great do the other game version. Of, yeah. Yeah. Um, I love how he hates uh, Teenage FBI so much. I love that one. He yeah. I love that record too. But he hates the production on it. He hates everything. Do the collapse? Yeah. It sounds kind of. Yeah. I think Jim Atkins had like a Got It By Voices cover band. Yeah. Or yeah. Something. Yeah. We've we've asked oh, him we about it a bunch. We have. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm sure we have. <laughs> Like and he's like, I did it once, and we're like, no, but we're so fascinated with the fact he did a GBB cover band. <laughs> ah, they're great. God, I love that band. Oh, yeah, went, he had, he had it's a so book. annoying that I did that, that I that I got on stage and was like, you're my hero. <laughs> no. Can I sing with you? You wasted on your birthday. You yeah. wasted on my birthday. You made it all the way from the balcony. Dude, I went to mm. a book signing of that dude. I love oh, really? my voices. Yeah, Me too. They're one of my favorite There were like, some interesting onstage moments last night, I felt. Yeah. I felt yeah. <laughs> like there were some very some very there's some very awkward me, stage dives me behavior or like like, <laughs> like how i would behave at shows yeah awkward I, stage dives I, well i just felt like i like i remember i i like jumped on stage during a misfit set once and i tried to give someone like a high five and they were like i'm playing guitar <laughs> yeah. i was like 15 and i was like what up please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. please oh you gotta give that kid a high five yeah like you want no one gives a fuck you're playing on guitar <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would like for to not be stage dives anymore just because I'm old and I'm, I'm bored with them. Yeah, me too. I'm bored with them. Yeah. There's got to be a better way to express your enthusiasm at yeah. this point. Yeah, maybe don't do it. Yeah. I saw, I saw Fugazi Dude, right? at the shrine once and, and some guy was like crowd surfing. And at one point, of course, Ian went, Dude, why wait for the music? Just fucking do it. 
Yeah. <laughs> and this kid did. He just jumped up on everybody with no sound. I was like, that's actually really funny. <laughs> the first, I went to Warped Tour in 97 and people were like pitting between sets. Mm-hmm. They're just pitting to nothing. That yeah. was, it's, like, it's almost like backyard wrestling. Why, yeah. don't you just like, why don't you just join a backyard wrestling? I like wrestling when you go to like a Get Up Kids show or something and kids are doing it and you're like, what is going on? Yeah. Dude, I saw kids slamming at a smithereen show once. Oh, wow. And, I, and I, re- I literally looked at this guy and went, what are you yeah, Stop what, it. What are you went, hearing? It's a show, man. I'm like, just because it's a show doesn't mean yeah. you elbow me. Like, Did so, you ever, so, were you ever a stage diver? Uh, no, nah, not well. Yeah, a couple times. Come on. Yeah, but I, not. I once every couple years. I feel like I'll do it. You're very, you're, but you're very particular. It's a lot of it's a lot of love. Yeah, I, last time I did it was at a No Effect show. Yeah, I used to I used to like that shit a lot. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Where yeah. was that '97 Warp Tour in LA? I was there and I went to that one. Uh, I think it was maybe a Cal State Long Beach. Yeah, is that, that, that sound that, right? That bike track. Mm-hmm. That bolts yeah. around. That was a good lineup that year. I think like what, nice. Descendants, Suicide yeah. Machines, mm-hmm. Sick of It All, Vandals. Mm-hmm. Pennywise, was, yes, it was. The, it was the first year they had more than two stages, and people mm-hmm. were outraged. Yeah, there was a small stage, I think, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Aquabats played that one. Yeah, I was terrified. You guys really see scared the, to be there. You guys me. see the the bill for that like fucking Legends of Epitaph tour? That's like no. Oh yeah, who is it's it? It's like it's like Offspring, Bad Religion, Pennywise, and the Vandals. Really? Uh, and it's like they're like all touring. It's on. I think it's at like Terminal Five well, next month. It's. I'll have to go to that. <laughs> if I'm here, I'll go to that. It's, it's pretty weird. crazy. Is it Josh Freeze? Is he playing well? I don't know. I saw him play with the Vandals one. Well, maybe at that tour. He's probably like, playing in every band. The, yeah. the Vandals are such a weird band because like, I do like a pop punk DJ night uh-huh. and, and some girl requested the Vandals. But I feel like I always think of Vandals as like old Vandals, like peace through vandalism. But then like she's like, I want something off like live fast diarrhea. And I feel like that stuff is so different to me. Even that's, that's like stuff old Vandals. Yeah, I guess too. that's old too. I like that stuff too, but it's like... Are they still around at all? Like, I don't they know. Still, they like got sued for making like Hollywood potato the, chips. The Variety magazine <laughs> thing. They got like, really, really sued to where they like, couldn't be a band. I can't say that really? I follow that band at all. I don't know. There was something like Joe Escalante is like a hard. I mean, he's like you know the punk rock Republican. Like he's like is he a lawyer or something? He's yeah. a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, a radio so show. Ironic that he just he has, like a, he has like he does a commercial yeah. for Legal Zoom. Really? Yeah, where he like talks about how you have to like trademark your band name. Yeah, 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 yeah. He knows his <laughs> shit. It's very funny. Does he represent you guys? They're they're funny because they're like almost <laughs> they're like almost dead milkmen. Where dead milkmen are like respected, but like funny goofball punk band. But you know, like no one's like rolling their eyes at dead milkmen, right? But you vandals are kind of an eye roll. You know, you're like, oh Jesus, the vandals. You know, but like, but they're legitimately funny songs. They're yeah. like kind of awesome. Good Christmas. Like Warren record. is like like a legitimate. Like crazy person who is good at this shit at guitar. I don't know. Like, why don't they have the same respect as Dead Milkman? I don't know why. I don't know. Maybe because they just kept fucking doing it and wouldn't yeah. like put it to bed. You yeah, know? that's maybe probably. if they had put it to bed. Who knows? That, that is really hard. Yeah. When I was listening to a lot of Guttermouth, dude. Did you guys ever listen to that? Yeah, I mm-hmm. fucking love Guttermouth. That is <laughs> such a band full of bullies. Yeah, yeah homophobic man. jerks. I'm, yeah. Su- I'm surprised that I grew up a half decent person. Yeah, I thought that, that was fantastic. <laughs> me too. Felt really awful. Really awful. It makes me feel so weird when I listen oh to it. Oh gosh, oh. yeah, yeah. You don't you don't think about that at the time because you're not taught differently. But it's interesting that that your brain shifts to where it is. You know what I mean? When you're mm-hmm. like, okay, I get it. That was just dickish. Okay, yeah. fine. All right, but the riffs are cool. <laughs> yeah, I love that shit. Though. It's like people out here, like you know, in New York, who listen to Screwdriver. Yeah. Like, just just ignore the lyrics. Just. That's like a little. I'm gonna worse, go. Out, I'm gonna go out and limit. I fucking love the first Screwdriver record. Yeah. I love it. 
But you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. I know. <laughs> do I? Do I, should I feel bad? I don't. I don't know. I don't. Think I just so. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It's fucking. You good. gotta be true. Hey, to you don't. You don't love the second, third, or fourth. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't. You like the Beatles? John Lennon is on record as a misogynistic prick. Yeah. So I mean, super materialistic. Yeah. Like he had so much shit. He's yeah. like he's like a hoarder. But he's like, no possessions. It's like, dude, you have a lot of stuff. I heard, him, I heard that him and Yoko like invested a lot of money in the beef industry. Is that true? Oh, God, wow. I hope it is. <laughs> I yeah. really hope it is. God, I don't know that's true. God, there Mac- is a pun here and I cannot find it. And it is going to destroy me. It's It'll all we are saying is give beef a chance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dude. <laughs> got you. Yes. Go buy their record now. They're on Epitaph. Go buy Joyce Mayer's new record, Never Hung Over Again. Uh, thank you guys for coming by on your one day in New York. I would have slept in. <laughs> <laughs> they came in at 11 in the morning. Know, they were here before amazing. me. That was am- and that's why, that's why the record's doing well. Yeah, that's yeah. probably why they're successful, too. <laughs> Hello. And I'm wearing board shorts. Uh, he is. So, wearing free board shorts. It's okay. And wearing free board shorts. And I they're these pretty tight, Carrier. I gotta say. What? They're pretty tight. Thank you. Got these from Patrick Carey um, from Limbeck. The tight is in there too tight fitting. I wish they were tighter. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> Me too. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you already know about it. Uh, but check it out. We have probably 120 other episodes. Oh, yeah. Um, you can visit us online. We get, we get some lovely emails from people on Facebook saying, I just discovered you guys and I'm going back and listening to all of them. I'm like, cool. We should make We should charge for the older ones. Oh, yeah. Because it'd be nice to get some dough <laughs> to keep it going. I feel, like, I, feel like that's, I feel those people would be like, I, I don't want to hear the older ones are that bad. <laughs> like, <laughs> Come on, you guys aren't Mark Maron. Yeah. We'll, get over yourselves. We'll Not do uh, some DVDs where we'll reenact the, uh, the taping of... Going off track stage plays. Yeah. You know, like they do with like detectives shows and stuff. They reenact. Yeah. Can we can I- get the interns to play us. Oh my, dude, this is amazing. <laughs> I love everything about this. Can I say something like incredibly embarrassing? You know what show I cannot stop watching on Netflix and it sucks so bad? Do you ever see the show The Rules of Engagement with David Spade? <laughs> it's like this horrible... Oh, it's like a sitcom, right? <laughs> it's so bad and I've gotten in this weird pattern where I just watch like seven episodes a day and didn't just feel bad about myself. Uh, Do you we, ever get that way? Like, it's sometimes like the opposite you just, of therapy. Sometimes you just want to like shut off your brain, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm like I should watch True Detectives. I'm like I'm going to be like engaged and paying attention. I just want to like watch something so stupid. But now it's become <laughs> a thing where like I can't not do it, and I'll be out with friends like at like a cool show. I'm like I gotta get home. <laughs> like, what is that? It's, I love it. It happens. You get addicted to crap shows. Sometimes it's the worst form of meditation. Yeah, it, basically, it, it's like the next stop is Desperate Housewives and Real Housewives. Trish is like that. She's like, I just need to turn my brain off. So she'll watch NCIS. Oh, my God. But then she gets hooked on them, so she has to record them. And then watch, like, just got to turn my head off. Or True Blood or or Castle, which it's got Nathan Philly in it, so how bad could it be? But it's just, oh, my God. And I, I, I sit there, and she's like, all the shows you watch are crap. I'm like, no, the shows I watch are art. <laughs> Archer. They're literal art. People drew them. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that sounds like this show. It's like David Spade like always gets like a hot girl every episode, and you're like, dude, seriously, <laughs> like no. not playing himself. Yeah, 
Apparently that dude had some game from what I've heard. I still think he's, he always plays the exact same like smug asshole character, but it is still funny to me. (laughs) Like when he, I don't know. I think he's great. How many times have you seen Joe Dirt? A lot of times. There you go. A lot of times. Uh, so anyway, sorry about that tangent, but uh, we're going off track.com. They're not listening. We're on Twitter. They're totally gone. We're on There's Facebook. no one here. No. <laughs> Am I talking to I should do that thing now. Like, hey, uh, what do you have to say, listener? <laughs> and we can listen because no one's still listening. Wow, that's great. We value your opinion here at Going Off Track. Please donate. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean that by saying, you know, I I think by saying please donate, it makes people not do it because our success rate by saying please donate and actually getting donations is 100. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, Well, if you're still listening, thank you for making it this far. Um, And we will be back next week. And thanks to Joyce Manor for coming by, you guys. Yeah, if you're listening to anything, listen to them. Yes. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to Quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.